What's up, everyone? This is Must Go Faster. I'm your co-host, Ben Brantlinger, broadcasting from Brooklyn. And out in Long Beach, California, wearing my formal sweatpants, I'm Robert Denfeld. So Rob and I, along with many other parts of the country, are on lockdown due, of course, to the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes. First off, uh, truly hope everyone is staying safe, healthy, and clean Mm -hmm. and sane out there. Uh, Do your part. We're all in this together. Yeah. Stay the F home, please. Um, And let's get through this. So as you may have noticed, we haven't done any new episodes yet this year. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead, we've been working, busy working on this special new series that we We'll hopefully be able to release in June, unfortunately, kind of up in the air, along with, you know, everyone else's plans <laughs> Lots um, of things. on when that will be released. But stay tuned for yeah. that. We're super excited about it. That is kind of why we've taken this hiatus. But given the unprecedented times that we're in, we wanted to do at least one episode of Must Go Faster just to kind of air out some thoughts about this new reality that we're in, mm. talk about, you know, what we've been consuming in quarantine so yeah. far, which of course has been... A lot. And uh, <laughs> then give out a bunch of movie recommendations for you to check out during yeah. this time. So that's what we're going to do. Um, first off, Rob, you know, we've um, we've been in touch, of course, over the last two weeks. And sure. we recently did a 11-person movie power hour over Google Hangouts with a bunch yeah. of our old buddies from college. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you? What's your state of mind? How are you holding up, uh, you know, a few weeks into quarantine? Um, yeah, I can see you on video. You look, um, you know, somewhat salvageable, bearded, I, right? Beard, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm letting yes, the beard true. grow a little bit. Uh, my hair is a little longer than usual, and I think I won't be able to get to the barber for a few weeks at least. So we'll yeah, see. That's where a casualty. That, where that takes me, um, you know, I'm like everybody else, pretty cooped up in the house, and you know, getting out for groceries and walks in the park and exercising as much as I can outside and yeah I mean no uh revelatory thoughts here uh everybody's in the same boat and just trying to make you know the best of the situation and do my part and stay home and uh yeah be productive where I can and I'm gonna start um in a remote quarter at UCLA coming up next week so that will be interesting a new way of learning and teaching um we'll see remote how that goes film school yeah remote film school <laughs> gonna, gonna um, be, uh, <laughs> quite quite uh not the best experience either. yeah but obviously right, yeah, yeah. everybody is something making something big changes in their lives and sacrifices and loss of income in many respects and i'm dealing with that a little bit with the uh, major league baseball season being very much up in the air so yeah just getting through it what about you how are you uh yeah yeah how's life um so you know as residents of you know brooklyn new york new york city robs and long beach california um you know we're basically in like the coronavirus like epicenter in the country i should point that out yeah especially especially new york which has been fortunately hit hit the hardest Mm -hmm. um I want to say like things are changing so rapidly every day. So we don't want to throw out like any of the latest news no. or stats or projections around COVID because it'll definitely change by the time you hear this. And yeah, we let's are be a cer- distraction. We're certainly not like uh, epidemiologists. Like I can barely pronounce <laughs> sure. that word. Like, so I'm not like, yeah, I, I kind of did. Right. Um, I will say that like, things obviously kicked into full gear the night of Wednesday, March 11th, mm. maybe like, a top we love to do top fives like top five top three most surreal night 
of our lifetime where the first domino to fall was the announcement that the March Madness would, first it wasn't going to be played without fans, which was going to be, you know, super strange. Yeah. Then, you know, Utah Jazz forward Rudy Gobert tested positive for Uh COVID. Immediately, the NBA season was suspended. Right. Then March Madness entirely was canceled. Mm Mm-hmm. Then Tom Hanks, the Tom America's Hanks dad, yeah. and his wife, Rita Wilson, tested positive in Australia while shooting a new movie about Elvis Presley, I et think cetera. The, the like, NCAA yeah. tournament was like a day or two after the uh, the NBA oh, season. Oh, yeah, they canceled it outright, I think, the next day. Yeah, yeah it was... We don't need it, to get too in the weeds with the, right, the right, timeline. Right. Everyone um, remembers. It was just, you know, 12 <laughs> days ago, it seems like it was like uh, right. two months ago oh, nine years <laughs> time ago. is going by very slowly this march but yeah uh that was a very surreal night but yeah i mean the nba season being i heard adam silver was right on the edge of canceling the season and he he had stated to the owners that if one player tested positive they would shut down the season and that's exactly what happened so yeah um you know and like, they've always been like very progressive yeah and forward thinking like it's not it didn't surprise me that they were the first, you know, mass organization to take such drastic measures. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, they did the right thing. And, and, you know, from there, kind of all the chips fell. Right. I would say, like, yeah, since that Wednesday, March 11th, things have just gotten generally day by day gotten, like, weirder, mm. scarier, less, you know, less certain. It's all just, like, so damn, like, disorienting. Sure. Like, there's no manual or, like, how-to guide for all this. We're yeah. all kind of just, like making things up as we go along. I think now I'm in a much better flow and like state of mind than like that first week where right. it was just like news after news. And yeah, I was flustered all the yeah. time. I was and just like, too. how do I, yeah. what do I spend my time on? Like, right. is this when I, you know, start writing the screenplay I've wanted to write forever yeah. or do I catch up on this? Or well, yeah. And you like, think of just, yourself as like a citizen of the country. Like, am I doing the responsible thing by, burying my head in the sand a little bit and not paying attention to stuff like you have to know what's going on and the updates from your local mayors and you know city officials and everything yeah governors and you just have to know what's happening in your area and stuff and things are changing rapidly i think we're in a mode now where everybody's kind of like locked into where they are and we'll just see how long this lasts but yeah it was a very strange and surreal week and uh yeah i've never woken up in the middle of the night to like use the bathroom and then been up for 30 minutes reading articles <laughs> you yeah, know like like i'm a heavy twitter user i mean i'm, I'm an addict to it and it's, yeah ultimately i think it, it twitter is, is poisonous more than anything <laughs> sure it has been helpful in a lot of ways i think throughout you know this pandemic but mm-hmm. if i come out of like a just like a 10 minute twitter session and like do not see something that convinces me the world will end like i can't i count that as a w i'm right. like all right this we're good to go like because <laughs> it is it's a dark, it's a dark place on Twitter right now. Um, Twitter is a virus on the media. I've been saying that since undergrad, Ben. Ooh, Do you remember that? That's meta. That's meta. <laughs> um, so I, also like, okay, we're going to get into like what we've been consuming about quarantine. A few other just thoughts mm-hmm. before we get into that. Um, just like we've talked about like what an event it is to just go out and get groceries, for right, example. Right. It's like venturing out into like a snowstorm or something. Yes. Like, Oh, you prepare. Worse than that. Yeah. I just got groceries earlier today. The, you know, I'm I'm wearing gloves mm-hmm. and of course, you know, washing my hands immediately when I get back. But like you, your mind plays tricks on you of just like, okay, 
I come back, it's like, I touched the door handle, like mm. wipe that with Clorox. Like, oh wait, did I touch this bag before I took off my gloves? Yeah. Or like, went, at what point do I wash the hands? Oh, I just washed it, but then I touched yeah. the bag that had the groceries that was on the shelves. And like, what? It's and just like- You insert your chip so into disordered. the card reader and and then it asks you for a signature. And you're, I, I had this moment the other I, day. I like, I looked at my hand, I looked at the cashier and I was like, you really want me to touch that thing? And I like touched it with the the corner of my pinky. <laughs> you know, it's, my signatures <laughs> are like a speck right. of like a line. Yeah, well, it's quite disorienting. I scored um, some uh, Charmin Ultra Strong toilet paper at the Target the other morning. Ooh, I, I got gold. It, yeah. And I, I came home and I was joking with my family. I, I was like, I felt like a conquering hunter gatherer in, the, yeah, you know, yeah. in like the ice I age. I am mad. Right. Yeah. My, my, uh, I saw something on Twitter that was like, again, you know, it can also be a source of, you know, humor and escapism where it was like going into the new year, like on Jan 1, someone saying like 2020, 2020 going to be my year. March 23rd, like, wipes ass with coffee filter, you know, just to show. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, there's a lot, of good, kinda, a lot of good memes out there to distract oh, the you memes, and make you well, laugh. I will say, you know, on the one kind of, like, positive or bright side, like, there has been this sudden, sudden burst of creativity online. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. people are forced to think um, outside the box more than ever. Yeah. The virtual hang, of course, has exploded, whether it's in the form of happy hours or DJ sets, dance parties, workouts, cover songs. You know, I swear like Zoom is like the only business stock that's growing during this time. Zoom is is, booming. It's killing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Buy stock and Zoom. Um, I'll say, yeah, last thing, and then we can get into um, what we've been consuming in quarantine and, you know, a bunch of recommendations. Like, you know, so my fiance, Becky, she's a resident physician. She's working at uh, NYU Brooklyn Hospital, like, you know, definitely on the front lines Thankfully, not working directly with any corona patients right now, but it's Mm -hmm. still obviously a very, very stressful situation to say the least. So Mm -hmm. just want to say like, you know, the biggest of shout outs to all the doctors, nurses, scientists, healthcare workers. You guys are all the true heroes throughout all this. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for your sacrifices. Um, Definitely. I I second that entirely. And and just all the people working in general, like grocery grocery stores and uh, restaurants. Yeah, delivery people. Yeah, my girlfriend Natalie is still working at her restaurant chain and they're still serving takeaway and drive-through food. And that's very critical to a lot of people right now. And yeah, just everybody that has to, you know, help the rest of us uh, in, in any respect. Thank you so much. Yes. So on that note, let's let's transition. Um, you know, we could talk about the state of the world for hours and hours, but you know, that's not why you're you're tuning in to listen to this. You want to hear us talk talk some pop culture. So let's let's discuss kind of, you know, what we've been consuming. I yeah. want to say like over the last two weeks or so, basically since the Tom Hanks night of of Wednesday, March eleventh. Sure. Um, you know, we've been on uh, as I said, on lockdown essentially since then. Um so yeah, let's start. I guess with with some with some TV, some shows. Like Rob, what have you been? What have you been enjoying hmm. on on the TV front? On TV, these, uh, these last last two weeks or so. Um, so a lot of just comfort food, I would say. Yeah. Um. So I rewatched the the season of Pen Fifteen, the first season of Pen Fifteen on Hulu. Um, mm-hmm. I know we talked about it a little bit in a pod last year. Very funny ten episode series. Um about sort of adolescence and it it's centered around these two uh 
young women, uh, teenager, they're playing teenagers, but they're actually both like in their early thirties, the actors, it sounds weird, right, right, but they, right. they really pull it off. Well, uh, very funny on Hulu pen 15. Um, so we started devs. Oh, the, uh, are, are we ready for the Alex Garland devs, devs hit? show? Uh, it's on, <laughs> it's on Hulu through FX, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so another Hulu program there, I think there's four or five episodes now. I think there's been four as okay. the time we're recording this devs yeah is is rocking my world right now um, yeah i don't know how i feel about it i i i do like it um i don't know if i'm blown away by it it's uh i don't the know first feels... two were really strong yes the yes. last three and four have been solid not as i think there's been a little bit of drop off as far as how compelling it's been. i agree but i think it's like it's so eerie and thought-provoking and also pretty fast pace and mm. it's just like stacked with intrigue uh nick offerman who you know you'll recognize most as ron swanson from parks and rec right like, it's cool to see him i call used... him ron swanson <laughs> right yeah um it's really cool to see him used in this like tone and genre yeah uh, alex garland you mentioned who did you know ex machina which i know we're both huge fans of annihilation mm. annihilation years ago yeah he's got a very you know he he's quite a creative um and For sure. It's just like this murder mystery drenched in style. The mm-hmm. score in this like really keeps you like off balanced. Mm. These kind of like synth notes, and it's just mm-hmm. like a very kind of like yeah, off balance. Left. It's like ethereal center. And, yeah, yeah. The universe is deterministic. It's godless and neutral, and defined only by physical laws. The marble rolls because it was pushed. The man eats because he's hungry. An effect is always the result of a prior cause. It's a it's an interesting show. I mean, I, I would recommend it to people. Some people may not enjoy it, but other people may really dive deep and love it. So, um, yeah, maybe a uh, a bit polarizing, yeah. but interesting and definitely worth checking out to see if you're yeah. into it. I would say, yeah, it has, you know these big ideas, but it isn't necessarily crushed under the weight of its, of its ambition. Like sure. it's, it still moves fast. It's, it's very That's a good way to put it. driven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, I feel like one of the most like high def shows ever made. Yeah. Like for example, just absolutely gorgeous shots of the San Francisco Bay area mm. that I just like eat up every yeah. time they're on screen. I'm, yeah. I'm really into those, but devs, I'm really feeling, I would say one of my favorite, 2020 things either uh-huh. you know new film or shows that i've i've seen so far um, i'm what not else? big on the uh the lead performance the lead actor i don't know her name yeah um, yeah she's, I, 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 she's a bit of a I'm, stretch I, for me at times yeah i'm kind of warming up to it but there yeah. are I, I, yeah maybe some casting uh <laughs> second guesses there but anyway devs definitely recommend yeah at least the, the first episode is is a knockout um so what else things? what else on the show front on TV, uh, we watched a little bit of um, 30 Rock, just a, another comfort food, yeah. just throwback. Snack. Yeah, exactly. 20-minute 20, 20 eps. Yeah, that's like our cooking show of uh, yeah. of the month, I would say, is 30 Rock. And then, you know, we're watching The Masked Singer, which is like a total <laughs> turn your brain off and fast forward if Vegetable. you want. Yeah, yeah. just... Uh, easy easy watch and my my brother and his fiance are big mass singer oh uh, heads oh yeah no i mean it's got a huge audience i'm not i i i haven't i haven't uh really given it a chance yet but i know it's it's 
it's going to become quite a thing. People like Have it. you, I'm assuming, and I think, I feel like we've texted about it, that you watched the latest season of Curb. I never know you're, oh, you're yeah. a Curb fanatic. I was going to get to Season the 10. Yeah. Super strong season. Uh-huh. We don't need to dive into it, but I will say John Hamm in episode eight, you've seen, yeah. Uh, I, I just, <laughs> I'm speechless of how good yeah. that performance was. So funny. I wonder like who's idea it was was it like john ham being like i can do an amazing larry david and like uh-huh. pitched it to them or like vice versa or something yeah it's just his performance it's like they injected him with larry david's dna <laughs> that's funny and i think i watched that like the first night or two of quarantine and it was nice. like what i needed yeah for like a laugh yeah um well i've seen this um what else have you say, been i've seen this like trendy this trendy use of the word like around Twitter of like bomb. Oh, it's such a bomb right now. Mm. The stand-up special is such a bomb. Sure. The streaming service is the it's bomb. It's a CBD eat, like, bomb you rub on your elbow. <laughs> sure. Like yeah. the, the curb, the latest curb season is is a is a bomb. It's a bomb. That we need, yeah. So. It's a throwback that, to sure. uh, simpler times. Um, yeah. No. And, and Rob, a couple you, other things. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. What, go ahead. What else? I was going to have you. I, we, I feel like we should mention this because it was kind of the talk of of you know social media recently is this yeah. tiger king show oh yeah i know it's like number one on netflix as we record <laughs> yeah, this yeah. um i have not watched it yet i meant to turn it on for a few minutes this morning just to get a, a feel for it but i looked at the profile image and i had a feel <laughs> yeah. for it you know like right. i got it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah the promo still was like all right, I, <laughs> right. the vibe has been captured yeah <laughs> I have my first two albums that I did. This is my first album, I Saw Tiger, and this is my second album, Starstruck. I saw Tiger, now I understand. I saw Tiger, Tiger saw me. It's, um, yeah, I would say it's, like, become the first, like, it Netflix watch of the quarantine so far, the... The guy who profiles his name is like Joe Exotic, mm. literally. Um, and I've watched, I think, like two and a half episodes. And yeah, I mean, it's it's extremely like I wouldn't say I think some people are overselling it on Twitter, like it's the wildest thing you've ever seen. And sure. It is it is wickedly bizarre. I'm not like riveted by it yet, uh-huh. but uh-huh. I, I kind of want to keep watching it. It yeah. kind of reminds me of like a trailer park version of Grizzly Man, you know, Ooh. in a way like Werner, uh, the, the Werner Herzog. Yeah. Um, but wanted to shout out Tiger King. What else? Uh, anything else on the, the TV front you've yeah. been enjoying in this quarantine? Well, I wanted to make mention of um, the new Pope on HBO. I, I actually finished it, I think, right before, maybe the week before all of this started. But if you haven't checked out the young Pope and the new Pope, both on HBO, uh, uh, starring Jude Law. The second season also stars John Malkovich, um, made by Paolo Sorrentino, the Italian director. Uh, great show. Um, highly recommend it to take your mind off things. And it's, um, you know, it, it's obviously about Catholicism and the Catholic Church and, uh, you know, the papal, uh, what have you. But um, it's it's a lot more than that. It's very yeah, yeah. funny and entertaining and kind of raunchy at times and just kind of weird and different and i highly recommend that to people um i don't know i've been doing we've been playing a lot of boggle and 
Uh, what, is, what is is that a a game? Board yeah, game? Boggle. It's a classic yeah, yeah. Uh, like word word search game. Uh, it's a perfect two player thing. So uh, we've been bogging it up a lot and listening to vinyls. Uh, you know, that's kind of like our thing. Get a bog and vinyl in. Yeah, you know? it's like thirty minutes. Listen to a record, play some Boggle. Get your get your mind stimulated and working a little bit. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely shout out to board games during this time. Uh, <laughs> They're Family. having a moment, board yeah. game, like in like jigsaw puzzles. I oh, feel definitely. Like I was going to talk back. about puzzles later. I have a puzzle story. <laughs> you have a you have a forty five minute puzzle uh, <laughs> yeah. segment. You're going to dive into. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a tangent. Yeah, I mean, on the show front, like just a few other things, like uh, the show "You're the Worst," which was on mm. FX. I think it it ended. It was about four or five season run. I've just kind of been having like having that on in the background while I'm doing mm-hmm. miscellaneous things. Like it's just, it's smart. It's well-written, good performances, good chemistry, good LA show. I yeah. feel like, you know, it's a nice like tourism snapshot of like just lifestyle in LA. I've heard um, other people say that. I haven't watched it, but I've heard people say that. Yeah. And then just the office, which is like my <laughs> yeah. night, my nightlight. And like, I've spent more minutes watching and rewatching this show. <laughs> than like watching anything else in my entire life. Like yeah. you could, I probably, I've logged like 19,000 hours of my life watching The <laughs> Office at some point. Cause I just, I basically will watch one episode every night right before I go to bed. It, it's like my nightlight in a way. I declare bankruptcy. Okay. That's like Seinfeld for me. And Natalie is The Office. Like she's the same way with The Office. And, you know, I keep track of everything I watch and listen to and read and et cetera. All my media intake, as you do. Um, I don't even put The Office and Seinfeld on there because it's just sort of like... Well, evergreen, ongoing... it's daily. just the filler in between watching other things or, you know, I don't even like, like remember breathing. that I it's watched It's like you're not logging like yeah. inhaled, exhaled. Like, yeah, you're, <laughs> right. You know. I'm on no sleep. No sleep. You don't know what it's like in there. All night long, things are creaking and cracking and that red light is burning my brain. You look a little stressed. Oh, I'm stressed. <laughs> So let's uh let's let's hit on some some films. Yeah. So some movies that I've checked out in quarantine. Um, Bombshell, which came mm. out last year, I would say it was mostly enjoyable and engaging. Some great performances by uh, Charlize Theron and Margot Robbie. Fired it up on on Amazon rental, and yeah, it's just overall compelling story. Very current, you know, something that just happened a few years ago in the Fox News, you know, media world. And yeah, something, you know, while it, it's quite um, heartbreaking in certain ways, it, it, you know, moves fast, is entertaining. Like it, it's, it's, a, it's a solid watch. So I haven't seen that yet. I recommend that. Um, Brick, I finally saw. Mm. Have you seen Brick? No, I haven't. The Ryan Johnson breakthrough where. Yeah. This was his breakthrough film. Um, Came out in the early aughts, I want to say 2004, 2005 range. You can clearly see like his talent as a director. I mean, this guy went on to you know make uh, Looper and Knives Out and The Last Jedi, but um, you know he really flexes his directorial chops. Can tell he had a lot of fun making with it. Me personally, like I just wasn't that engaged in the story or the characters. Still glad I saw it. it was one that I've been meaning to check out for a while. And again, we're in this time where it's like ones that have been on your to watch list for a while like you mm-hmm. can bang those out the godfather part three mm. um i texted you a little bit about this my first time watching it 
I will say overall a little bit better than I thought it would be. Obviously, parts one and two are masterpieces, the best films ever made. They're both, you know, part one is probably my favorite movie ever made. <laughs> yeah. Um, part three, you know, satisfying in certain ways, some great, you know, Coppola-directed sequences and set pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it really suffers by, you know, other than Pacino, um, you know, uh, playing Michael Corleone and Diane Keaton playing Kay, there isn't really any other... Um, of the, you know, actors from previous films. I know they really wanted, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Tom, uh, Robert Duvall, (laughs) Robert Duvall, like, which I think really would have held, held this together more, but you Mm -hmm. know, he, he's absent from this film and look, I'm not trying to be mean here, but Sofia Coppola's performance in Godfather (laughs) part three is maybe the worst I've ever seen in a major motion picture. Not, like the worst. Not the best. It is it is unbearably unbearably bad and it just <laughs> it is so bad that I I, I was like my jaw was agape yeah. when she was on screen and it just if they put, you know, just had just a baseline performance in there, I think the movie would have been much better. Still glad I saw it yeah. and again, one that I was has been on my list for a while. So I take it. I take it you I, rewatched yeah. that because of the rewatchables episode on the Godfather Part Three. Yeah, the uh, the rewatchables. It uh, it guides me. You know, it guides me in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, the ring for people that aren't aware, it's the Ringer Network uh, podcast about just rewatching movies, movies that are very rewatchable. Um, yeah, yeah, it's the best. It's all in the title. There is. Yeah, um, it's great. So having said that, also rewatch Castaway, which yeah. another recent rewatchables. Obvious to say, but like, just want to point out what an incredible Tom Hanks performance that is. It's definitely on his Mount Rushmore. I hadn't seen that movie in full since like maybe college. Like it had mm-hmm. been a while. His evolution on the island to do that mm-hmm. without, basically without any dialogue, just mm-hmm. an amazing physical performance as well. The plane crash sequence is so harrowing, like end to end. The ocean waves at night, camera panning out. I, I thought it was a good one to watch because like, you know, none of us are going to be on a plane anytime soon. So sure. it was like, okay, like I knew, you know, going in that I can maybe stomach like the plane crash sequence. And it's, you know, a movie that's quite tender and really go, it's like unapologetically like sentimental at times. It pulls uh-huh. out the heartstrings, whether it's with Wilson or his relationship with Helen Hunt. Um, but if you're feeling isolated from the outside world right now and you know, who the hell isn't like uh-huh. Castaway definitely, uh, hits different as as they say these days so well then, i'm sorry i'm sorry well then, i can't well then, well then. i would i would recommend that and then um just two other films i want to point out from from a service rob that will will pique your interest is sure. uh Signed up for the Criterion channel, yes. 11 bucks a month. And I've since, yeah, um, I watched this film called Targets, which is Peter Bogdanovich's mm. debut from 1968, mm-hmm. who went on to become one of the more famed filmmakers of the 70s with movies like The Last Picture Show. Targets is about this aging horror film star and psychotic Vietnam War veteran who turns huh. into a mass murdering sniper. Their lives eventually intersect. It's just, a, it's a... Very just compact, disturbing thriller. Just some incredible shots. Takes place deep in like the L.A. you know subculture, and in there are these shots of of 
people, you know, characters driving in cars, listening to the radio that I couldn't mm. help but think influenced Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, cool. I feel like Tarantino took a page out of that. Nice. You know, unfortunately, it's, it's a movie that's ahead of its time and portraying, mm-hmm. you know, mass shooters and things like that. But it's, um, Rob, I think you would really, really dig it. Nice. I had a I'll check it out. Saturday afternoon uh, cocktail and uh, fired this one up and like nice. just the restoration yeah. of the Criterion like is just my favorite thing about it. Like I just want to like eat the screen. It's just like <laughs> delicious. All right. Well, um, I have to I have to bounce off of that and give you my first thing. So these are not our official recommendations quite yet. These are just things that we've watched in the past whatever week or so, week or two. Um, <clears throat> on the Criterion restoration page, um, the Red Shoes uh i don't know if you've heard of this film. Yeah, oh yes i know scorsese is a, is a huge yeah fan. that's kind of why i so i actually bought the criterion last november um when barnes and noble was doing their 50 percent off all yeah, their criterion blu-rays yeah i <laughs> you know spent a little money that maybe i shouldn't have but you know it's things that i love and Yellow. i'll have those those best films uh you know in their in their best when the digital condition crash forever. happens yeah we'll be laughing with all our physical media oh i got i have physical media for days um so the red shoes is just a really cool it's it's on uh the criterion channel i believe actually i don't know if it is it might not be um it might be one of those i I think i think it is oh okay good um really interesting beautifully uh, restored film that apparently was under threat of like just falling by the wayside and being lost forever. Just one of those films that like, you know, there wasn't a, a workable print left. And so uh, the actually the UCLA Film and Television Archive uh, digitally restored this film using all of the different versions that were out there and finding the best reels and bits and doing this amazing digital restoration of the original Technicolor color um it looks in incredible on this restoration and it's a it's a a movie about a ballerina and she's just like this world renowned or she's not really renowned at the time of the the beginning of the movie but she becomes this world renowned ballerina um really great dance and love story Mm. i don't know if that's like really yeah selling it but uh it's, <laughs> it, it's a it's a great film and yeah i mean i know it's it's a classic i said yeah i know scorsese like it's one of his all-time favorite films and yeah. i'm definitely i'm familiar with it haven't seen it will mm-hmm. add it to my watch list yeah one other thing on criterion channel that i've watched um yeah. since getting the sub is this this french film uh les samurai i want to mm. say that's how you pronounce it, it okay dude rob like watch watch Check it out this film it's okay. this neo-noir french crime film from 1967 directed by uh john pierre Mel- melville oh, and sure. like targets it's this simple and focused story like it doesn't try to do too much it just follows mm. this hitman who's um seen by witnesses committing a hit and mm. tries to kind of evade the authorities and things just kind of escalate from there and the backbone of this of this film is this performance by uh aline allen Delon and mm. his chiseled cheekbones, I would nice. say. Like, no <laughs> one on screen has ever made a trench coat and like fedora <laughs> look better. And I just, I loved how minimal this film yeah. was. It like strips away all the BS that could clutter the story. It's like mm. just the essentials. It's packed with style. Like, it's pure cinema, so much atmosphere. It's quiet, but like always absorbing. It made me think, like, 
damn, I wish I spoke French because that is just such a, a cool language. That and sounds nice. It's just, I think it's had a pretty big influence on Hollywood since then. For example, uh-huh. I read that Drive, the character that Ryan Gosling plays at Drive, was very much based off this main character cool. in this film. So, Les Samurai Rob, like in, yeah, you know, it's in subtitles, of course, but it mm. is it is just a fantastic noir film, um, you know, from kind of that glory, you know, French New Wave era Beautiful. of filmmaking. Well, so, I just, the last thing I'll, I'll say is I rewatched The Tree of Life the other day on my Criterion yeah. Blu-ray and... At 9.45 a.m., you said, right? There's yeah, a morning I, I had session. a, uh, I set a, a start time for myself just to have a little structure in my life. Um, so yeah, the tree of life in the morning, um, that'll do you, do you wonders. It's an amazing movie. Um, one One of of my, in my top cinematic uh, cinematography achievements in the past 50 years, probably. Definitely. Um, all right. So a few more things, then we'll, then we'll get into our, our recommendations. So like, I mean, just book wise, I don't know if there's anything you've been, you've started in Mm. the quarantine. I want to say like, I'm finishing up. Sirens of Titan by Kurt Vonnegut, who, nice. you know, I'm a more of a fiction guy when it comes to books, um, but Vonnegut is definitely my favorite nonfiction writer. He has this tip from writing where he says, like, every sentence must do one of two things, reveal character or advance the action. Mm. And you really feel that when you when you read the book. Um, things, read his, his books, things move around very quickly. His imagination is just off the charts. I mean, I do not know how this guy comes up with what his mind comes up with and the plot I can't really describe without sound sounding like I should be in a straitjacket. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like no this worries science fiction satire that takes cool. place on multiple planets in the solar system ask these big questions of what it means to be alive I'm finishing that up um I'm also uh planning to read buzzsaw which uh with nice. the gaping hole sports has left us why not relive yeah. the national world series run so I'm probably going to read that next nice um Going to go back to some old Chuck Klosterman, probably read Killing Yourself to Live. Uh-huh. Um, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight is one that's mm. been on my list that I, I recently ordered. So, mm-hmm. yeah, trying to, of course, balance out, you know, the watching and listening, you know, with with also some some reading as well. Yeah. Um, Music-wise, well, I just got to say Radiohead, like yeah. just Radiohead in general. Uh, in Rainbows, Rob, you texted me recently <laughs> after you went on a... Uh, a sunset walk on the beach saying yeah. it's the most inspiring album of our generation. It is to me. I don't disagree. Like I put on in rainbows on like the second or third night of this quarantine. And like mm. the song house of cards comes on a uh, beautiful song. The lyric infrastructure will collapse. Infrastructure will collapse. yeah the way tom sings it the way his voice sounds on record the lyric the time that we're in it was just like one of those like wow this is this is uh connecting with me on a whole new plane and i just radiohead and tom york the perfect like doomsday soundtrack it's haunting yet calming in a weird way Mm -hmm. um it's a good way to put it. it that's like my biggest music wreck in quarantine. Like just listen to Radiohead. Yeah. As well as, you know, like an artist like Elliot Smith. Who yeah. I think I get the same. What I'm what I'm getting out of Radiohead is what I'm getting out of an artist like Elliot Smith. Like the moodiness of it, his yeah. voice, it soothes me. Highly recommend his record. Mm. Either or been spinning mm-hmm. that one on vinyl. Me too. Um any any like 
specific music or albums or artists you've been you've been feeling in quarantine yeah i mean same as what you said i i radiohead and and um i mean things honestly though i i'm trying to listen to like jazz and classical stuff just to take my mind off things and yeah you know as i'm moving around the house i like to just have sort of like background noise on that's pleasing um but yeah i'm reading right now um the book called uh our national parks by ansel adams um it's just a collection of ansel adams essays and obviously he's known as a photographer but he's also one of the great transcendental writers of the you know 20th century and uh you know did so much for the national park system in the united states and as everyone's sort of like hungering to be outside and everyone's kind of cooped up um it just seemed like an appropriate thing to read right now and look at beautiful you know black and white photography sprinkled in the book uh from around the national parks and yeah so that's what i'm reading um so let's let's dive into i I think at the very end i'd like to talk a little bit about how we're consuming sports like what kind of things we're watching i'm not (laughs) yeah i know i know obviously everything's shut down but like i'm just curious what you've been able to find on youtube or on espn or whatever um so we'll do that at the end let me let me hit with just a few more quick music recs um sure just to go on the current and then we're gonna get into these these movie recs are coming we promise uh Lil Uzi Vert, uh, the rapper out of Philly, is having quite a moment. His double album that just released, Eternal A Take, long awaited, was stuck in limbo for many years. Like, I think this is like escapist rap right now. Like, mm. he's never been better. It's kind of similar to Young Thug in a way, but he raps with a lot more like clarity. It isn't as experimental, but his voice is just very versatile. The beats are great. He has a really just nice tone on the record, super skilled, creative lyrics. He's just, I think really talented and his, his music is being streamed through the roof, like in this quarantine. So I want to shout Lil Uzi Vert out. I bought an album off Bandcamp. Um, They had a day recently where all the proceeds uh, went directly to the artists. They cut out their kind of like rev share. So I wanted to support there. Got an album. That's this cover of Blink-182's Dude Ranch album, which is like, the the whole cover album it's by this artist Colleen Green um it's just lo-fi vocals and bass guitar those are the only mm. two elements nothing else so it's a unique mood you know I grew up listening to Blink very familiar with those songs and it is one that I'm digging and then I also just want to say Childish Gambino just released a project called mm. 31520 long awaited I've only listened about the first half quite experimental like yeah. I'm kind of feeling like <laughs> do I have the patience for this right now? I don't know. Yeah. Like it's, it's like the guy had such monumental buzz, you know, back in the spring of 2018 with this is America. We talked about that extensively on the pod and like two years later to seemingly drop this out of nowhere, it kind of came with like a thud. Like I feel mm. like collectively, like we've kind of moved on from this, even though it, it just dropped. And mm-hmm. if you were to release this, like in the spring of 2018, like it, it would have been just like, I don't know. It's just, it's a pretty peculiar release strategy. And obviously Mm -hmm. there's a million factors that go into that. Um, But, you know, that is one that, you know, I think will be talked about. Although like I've noticed that like social chatter has been pretty low when you consider, especially when you consider just where he was at in the zeitgeist, you know, two years ago. All right, let's, let's get into these movie recs, Rob. Yeah. 
let's um we're gonna do each recommend two per genre ones that we think you know the majority of our listeners will enjoy yeah try to pick ones that probably everyone has heard of um but maybe have not gotten around to watching before and you know we try not to make it you know super obvious um ones that i don't think we've necessarily talked about much on the pod before or if ever Mm -hmm. so Let's start with the genre of comedy. Yeah. Let's start with an uplifting genre. Yeah. Rob, what are your what are your two recs you want to give the people? So first, maybe this is an obvious choice, but I just couldn't resist. I'm saying Groundhog Day. Mm. Hey, Phil. Phil. Hey, Phil Connors. Ned. The 1993 Harold Ramis directed classic comedy. Um, this, like my other, you know, music recommendations and some of my television is just like a comfort movie for me. Um, I watched it so many times growing up and, you know, obviously the sort of implied, uh, connection to what we're doing right now is, uh, the groundhog day, like, yeah, (laughs) waking up and rolling out of bed, putting your sweatpants on, opening your laptop, (laughs) uh, It kind of is our reality right now, but um, it's Bill Murray at his best. I would say one of his finest performances. It's so like dark, but at the same time, just, you know, obviously so funny, but just his, his way of like delivering lines and the timing of the the comedy. Yeah. It's so deadpan and, you know, his relationship with Andy McDowell is a nice romance and, yeah, it's a really good movie, comfort yeah. food, and I feel like everybody's familiar with it. It's on Netflix right now, um, so easy to access. Yeah, so Groundhog Day, great place to start. Um, my second and third comedy are Sister Act and Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. So these are on Disney+. Plus. Um, yes. I don't, not everybody has Disney+, Plus, but I think a lot of our listeners probably do. So obviously the Whoopi Goldberg uh, 90s films... Um, these are things that I, I watched both these movies as a kid, but I never really returned to them, but they are two of Natalie's favorite films, especially sister act two for her, uh, starring Lauren Hill. Um, to me, I, I personally enjoyed sister act one a little bit more, but they're both really highly enjoyable and it's a fun, like double feature. If you have time, um, it's like probably just under four hours total, um so did we did you grow up watching i've never seen sister act I'm oh sorry, yeah I'm you. i said I'd, I'd seen them once as a kid but they didn't really like impact me greatly as a as a young person but i i really enjoyed them um they're they're not like you know my favorite like sing-alongs or whatever natalie knows the words all the songs and they're big for her so it was fun to see that but is it a musical um, kind of uh they're not okay. musicals per se but they're based around music and Whoopi Goldberg's a, a singer and, you know, witnesses a crime, gets witness protected into this, uh, into a church and becomes a nun. And yeah, that's hilarity that's, ensues. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we watched both of these doing a puzzle to, you know, get to the jigsaw puzzle thing. We're doing a thousand Delightful. piece succulent puzzle. Uh, so we started that the other day and watched sister act and sister act two. So those are my comedy choices, just some like comfort things and feel good uh, films. So my my two wrecks on the comedy front for now, let's start with Swingers, which is the amazing 1990s comedy starring a young Vince Vaughn and Jon Favreau. 
highly quotable. Like we literally almost named this podcast "You're So Money," which is a quote, of course, yeah. from a sequence in Las Vegas from this film, which is a top five Vegas, you know, stretch <laughs> in any movie ever. You're right. so you're so money, and you don't even know it. That's what I keep trying to tell you. So could you not mess with me right now? This is such a '90s movie. The fashion, the way these guys talk to one another how they help them kind of get over relationships and, and just relate to one another, their hobbies, the nightlife. And I feel like it kind of influenced um, a lot of the Judd, Judd Apatow era of comedy. Like it's mm-hmm. very conversational. It's an adult, it, it, you know, very relatable. If you haven't seen Swingers, like it is a must, must watch. So that is my first wreck on the comedy front. And nice. then the other one, let's take it back. 60 Years to The Apartment, which is the classic Billy Wilder film from 1960, starring yeah. Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. I watched this for the first time maybe four or five years ago. It just holds up perfectly. It's funny. It's sweet. It's moving. It's a really compelling story. There's a certain you know warmth to it that I think people will find comforting during this time. And it's just like impossible to dislike. You know, if you're looking for you know, a film from that older era of Hollywood, black and white, you know, that you'll feel kind of good that you're, you know, doing your homework on classic cinema. This is Mm -hmm. one that's like, you'll still like really, really enjoy while also feeling good about yourself that you're watching, you know, something from 60 years ago. So The Apartment, check it out. 1000% guarantee you will enjoy. Good choice. So let's, uh, let's get into drama, Rob. What are your, what are your two picks on the drama front? Um, So the first drama choice, I went with a 2019 film. So something more recent. Um, I went with Honey Boy. Um, So I talked about this movie. Yeah, it's starring Shia LaBeouf and Lucas Hedges. Noah Jupe plays uh, the young character, a few other actors. But um, so it's it's directed by Alma Harrell. And uh, she's she's more of a documentary feature director before this. I don't know. So this, I saw this movie in the theater, actually saw a question and answer with Shia LaBeouf uh, directly following the credits. So that was really cool to see him. It's about it's his life, a, right? Like It's such a personal story. Yeah. It's, so it's basically about a young Shia LaBeouf and his upbringing as an actor, how he got into the industry, um, his relationship. It's really focuses around the relationship with his father and the sort of abusive uh, relationship that they had uh not so much physical, a little bit of that, but mostly just like uh, mental and uh, exhaustive right, abuse, I would stuff. say. And yeah. him trying to uh, not force like a young Shia LaBeouf wanted to be an actor, but his father like really pushed him and, um, you know, was pretty aggressive about trying to make him a successful actor in Hollywood. And, you know, obviously that worked, but Shia LaBeouf is, you know, known for having some some issues mentally and uh you know he has been very open and public with his struggles so this movie dives deep into that and it's a very personal story um just really well made also and beautiful to watch um the direction alma harrell her her one of her documentaries called love true i'm not sure if it's on netflix but if you can find love true that's an amazing uh sort of half narrative half documentary one of those crossover type films um really really well made um but my second choice in the drama category is 
Oh, sorry. Honey Boy is also on Prime Video, by the way. Yeah. Amazon. Prime. I mean, all these are you can find them. Yeah, anywhere, they're you know, they're out there. Say, like you search, you can find them. Yeah. So my second drama is the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. It's a yes. mouthful of a title, but an amazing Andrew Dominic film uh, came out in the like, cinematography. Yeah, the cinematography. <laughs> Uh, so it's my boy Roger Deakins on the uh, cinematography front. Uh, probably should have won the Oscar. He was nominated. Um, incredible movie uh, starring starring Brad Pitt playing Jesse James. Casey Affleck plays Robert Ford. Uh, Mary Louise Parker, Sam Rockwell, Jeremy Renner, Sam Shepard. Great cast. Um, the, the score by Nick Cave and um, uh, what's his name? Bad Seeds. No, it's not the bad seeds. It's Nick Cave and something Ellis. Yeah, uh, amazing score. I, I listen to it quite a bit. Um, it's a long film. This film's almost three hours, but it's you got time. really well made, shot, beautiful performances, everything you want in a in a great movie. And uh, yeah, I highly recommend it to people who haven't had a chance to watch it or to rewatch because you know it's maybe not the most. Uh, accessible rewatch because of the length but it's it's the time is now so on the drama front i'm gonna first recommend network which is one of the best films of the 1970s it's about the media industry it hasn't aged a day just amazing performances incredible screenplay it's a it's a biting satire about the industry it moves at a very crisp pace it has the famous quote, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it in anymore, which you're oh. probably familiar with even if you haven't heard a network. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore! I thought you were going to say... You are meddling with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Well, that is well, yeah. It has the senior alluding to one of the best monologues in cinema history. Yeah. It's also Paul Thomas Anderson's like all-time favorite film, I would say. Oh, so bonus points there. It's a good nugget. Network is just um is just absolutely phenomenal and yeah, you, you know, the 70s in my opinion is is the high watermark of filmmaking especially in the u.s and this is one of the best films from that era so well put check out network stone cold drama and a brilliant film and then i'm also gonna go a decade forward and recommend broadcast news Mm. which is a film from the 80s about two rival television reporters and a female producer love triangle uh ensues you know, on paper, might not sound like much, but again, this is another great film about the media industry, just overall, the writing, performances, the chemistry among the characters, all excellent. This is one of the best movies of the 80s. It was nominated for seven Oscars. It doesn't have, you know, a lot of 80s films, even the great ones, can feel very dated. This mm-hmm. one doesn't really have any of that 80s mm-hmm. stale cheese that, that, mm-hmm. that, you know, may be applicable to a lot of other great 80s films. And, you know, I put this under the drama category. It's definitely very comedic as well. Um, But, you know, the tone is dramatic. Amazing performance by uh, young Holly Hunter. And Mm. it's just a really accurate portrayal of, you know, I think working in the news media, just full of truth. It's high entertainment, but it's also very just like real and concrete. And, And like, you know, the apartment that I recommended, it's just like 
impossible to dislike. So broadcast news network, those are my two recommended dramas. Rob, let's go into um, horror. Horror? All right. So moving into horror, my first choice, uh, you know, I'm personally not diving into like super dark, gory stuff right now. It's just not what is coming to mind as an enjoyable watch. But uh, so I'm picking sort of a comedy horror, and that's uh, Tremors. So 1990. Love it. Graboids, baby. We don't see anything, Val. Then what the hell are you talking about? Over. Bert, they're under the ground. They're under the ground. They can dig like a son of a bitch. Big monster. Underground. Now get out. Hurry. Kevin Bacon, the original Trimmers is on Netflix. Actually, so I wanted to mention there are six Trimmer iterations on Netflix right now. So if you want to go crazy and get into some <laughs> Have a terrible, campy, yeah, I mean, just bad movies probably. Like I, I've seen Trimmers 1 and Trimmers 2 is called trimmers to aftershocks i've seen both of those i love i'm i'm recommending trimmers okay i do not vouch for the four five or three four five six trimmers not trimmers five return of the graboids or whatever (laughs) trimmers five Uh, is called bloodlines actually the the last one came out in 2018 it's called trimmers a cold day in hell (laughs) um so yeah i mean so this is this is a classic from the nineties. Um, I watched this so much growing up with my brother. Same. Uh, yeah. It's, it's got Fred Kevin Ward, Bacon. Ward, Kevin Bacon, Reba McIntyre in it, um, is <laughs> okay. in it. Yeah. Michael Gross, who plays Burt Gummer, the guy with the elephant gun. Ben. Unbelievable. Unbelievable yeah. character. So he's, he's like the, the thread line that ties all of these, uh, sequels together i i was looking at uh imdb this morning he's in all six of these remakes so he's like his career is about tremors basically but it's just like kind of a funny uh funny note on that tremor is one of the best like b horror movies ever yeah you know i would say it's it's, yeah definitely but it's it's it holds up the scene with the burt character where he Mm. just the guy like stockpiles like fire firearms and Mm -hmm. there's this sequence where he's just like one-on-one with the monster that's like one of the most hysterical action scenes ever filmed yeah and when uh when kevin bacon's character and and fred ward get isolated on that rock for like a entire night or whatever i gotta rewatch i gotta rewatch tremors man it's been a while it's been too long dive into the tremors extended universe there's a (laughs) there's a tv movie coming out in post-production right now called tremors island fury so uh Hmm. keep your eyes peeled for that or don't um so my <laughs> second second horror film is the descent on prime video uh yes. i haven't rewatched this movie actually but i just wanted to recommend it in case anyone hasn't seen it i haven't rewatched it recently i should say but this movie just scares the shit out of me every time i watch it I've, i think <laughs> i've seen it three up. times and it's like a horrifying experience i truly <laughs> think it's one of like the most well shot and constructed it's all it's basically about this descent down into this deep cave and there are just these creatures that start just you know picking people off yeah and it's just uh, incredibly made and well made and yeah just a fun experience if you can handle it but it's definitely terrifying like just go all in like watch it in you know late night 
turn off all the lights, get into it, you know, get right. rid of your phone, eliminate Escape. distractions and just go for this like Descent. terrifying experience. Yeah, it's it's truly uh, a nightmare fuel and I Yeah, hope we you watched enjoy this it. in in college in our living room with like a bunch of people and I don't think I've seen it since then, but it was uh I can't attest it was quite quite terrifying. So yeah. I like how you have like the more like B horror Fun. camp in right. Tremors <laughs> into just absolute And then the hell. just just fuck me up horror film. <laughs> So, all right, my two horror recommendations. Um, one, uh, The Invitation. So mm. this stars Logan Marshall Green, a.k.a. Ryan Atwood's brother, OC Shoutout. Um, this, mu- this movie is just like a rock-solid exercise in tension building until the last act where like all hell breaks loose. It's kind of this satire of L.A. dinner parties. It's focused. It all takes place in one night in the same house believe it's available on Netflix. I recently watched this about a month or two ago um, and was just really into it. I thought it was just like super well executed, really, um, you know, a good storyline. Uh, it's it's tight. It, it, it just like kind of knows what it is. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. So it's, it's I would say, yeah, kind of like balances between like thriller and horror mm. and one that I would really highly recommend to people. So that's The Invitation. Nice. And then I'm going to, I'm also going to recommend one that, you know, is, is slightly modern. You know, Invitation came out a few years ago. Um, this one came out last decade as well. It's The Visit. It is mm. M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit. And this movie was like a return to form for M. Night. You know, he did like, Lady in the Water, The Happening, The Last Airbender, and yeah. After Earth, like oh woof, like what a what a stretch of clunkers. But then he he was like, all right, I'm gonna return to my roots of creeping you the hell out. And yeah. you know this movie, it's kind of dumb, but like <laughs> M Night, like he's just doing what he does best here. Uh-huh. And it's it's you know this this story of like you know these these grandparents go to visit or these grandkids go to visit their grandparents one weekend. And, you know, the grandparents turn out to be, you know, um, to torment them Mm -hmm. throughout the weekend. And there's like this scene, for example, in the movie where like the grandma is like chasing her grandchild, like in a crawl space, like a Mm. human spider. And it's like burned into my brain forever. It's just like, it's a winning horror formula. You have creepy grandparents, terrified children, and a director that knows how to spook you. And it's nice. it's fun to like watch with other people, like maybe do a virtual watch party yeah. and watch the visit. There's a lot of jump scares. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but highly effective. The visit, the invitation, those are my two horror. All right, what are your, uh, what are your action recs? So action, I went with The Town, which is, it's on HBO Go and HBO Now. Uh, just a feel-good Ben Affleck directed uh, feel good feel good kind of like action yeah. i'm sorry i shouldn't say feel good it's a <laughs> it's like a comfort action movie like it's a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. a little bit not like too silly. challenging yeah, yeah it's yeah. you know not reality based per se like it's not not based on like a real crime necessarily it's just this story of these Boston robbers and, you know, everyone knows the town, but I, I think it's worth rewatching and checking out again. Um, ben Affleck has been in the news a lot recently with his new film. Um, what's that called? Yeah, the Way Back. Yeah, The Way Back. Um, so yeah, The Town, Jeremy Renner, good performance, Rebecca Hall, John Hamm. So that's my first recommendation. 
And then my second action, I just went with Kill Bill and Kill Bill Volume 2. Both you can find on Netflix. Obvious what these are. Quentin Tarantino. Um, I just love these movies so much. And they truly will distract you, I think, yeah. because they're hard to take your eyes off of. There's so much going on. They're they're very fast-paced at times. Beautiful. The, the soundtracks are incredible. I have both soundtracks on vinyl, and I actually listen to Volume 1 quite a bit. It's one of my favorite uh, soundtracks in general and one of my favorite records that I own. Um, yeah, I rewatched Volume 1 recently, and it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's stellar, and, and it's Tarantino so just, like, borrowing from so many different genres. Yeah. You know, his homage to, you know, the kung fu movies that he loves, and it's just, like, so, like, hyper-creative Great story, great performance by Uma. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. It's incredible. So those are my action films of choice. Uh, what about you? So action. Let's start with Snowpiercer, which yes. I, I saw for the first time after the the big parasite win by our boy director Bong, the cinematic god Bong Joon Ho. Yes, and it is <laughs> this movie. It's a really exciting action flick with a very thought provoking premise. It's about this future where a failed climate change experience ha- experiment has killed off all of life except for a few who are boarded on the Snowpiercer, which is a train that travels around the globe, mm-hmm. and this kind of new class system emerges. Um, and I'll kind of just leave it at that. It kind of sounds corny when I read it out loud, but this movie is really dope. It's, it's, you know, not that pretentious, I would say. And like, if you're looking to lean into your end of the world content, like (laughs) maybe rather than watching Contagion, you can watch Snowpiercer. Um, that's my pick for you. It just combines high entertainment with like gung ho action, really smart social commentary, great artistic vision from, from Bong and I believe it's available on Netflix. So Snowpiercer, um, really great action film. Check that out. And then I also want to recommend Unstoppable. Yes. It's already being evacuated, and we can't let 777 make it to Stanton. Look, Mr. Galvin, with all due respect, I've been railroading 28 years. I'm telling you, we got a real chance to stop this thing. No, we already tried. That was from the front, where Long Hood lead back. It's a different situation. We got more control now. Denzel Washington, Unstoppable Freight Train. That's it. That's the pitch. A movie that knows exactly what it is, sets out to accomplish that, and nothing more, and it succeeds. I don't. Both my action recommendations somehow revolve around Unstoppable Trains. That's just yes. a coincidence. But <laughs> Unstoppable Denzel Train. Boom. Tony John Scott. Train. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, Amazing. Let's let's go into. Uh, we got two more genres here. We'll do thriller and documentary. Rob, sure. what are the two? two thrillers you want to recommend right now all right for the thriller genre this is something that you know very uh, a genre that's very enjoyable right now i would say just keep you thinking and on your on your feet um yeah distracting but not like horrific like yeah the horror genre in a way (laughs) so for the thriller genre my first choice is the conversation on prime video this is a 1974 film written and directed by francis ford coppola it won the palm door at at the Cannes Film Festival. Um, it's an incredible movie. It's about sort of spying and espionage and wiretapping. And um, it stars Gene, it's the movie, Gene Hackman. Uh, made, Coppola made right before The Godfather, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to look that up, actually. I'm, believe, I'm not, I believe that's the case. Yeah, 1974. That sounds right. Yeah. This movie's just great. Uh the the score is incredible. Um it's all it's all like driven by this one single piano. 
and uh yeah so it came out it came out in between actually the godfather and the godfather part two jesus if that's hold on is that right yeah it did that's kind of an insane nice nice stretch <laughs> yeah it came and then out he made the apocalypse same... now right jesus. it came out uh in between godfather and godfather part two same year as godfather part two 1974 so good good run for Francis Ford. Um this is it stars also so Gene Hackman's the lead and then Gene uh John Cazale from uh The Godfather and Godfather Part Two. He's Fredo. He was in like five movies and dated Meryl Streep and then yeah. unfortunately died, Passed but away. has yeah. like the most pristine filmography ever. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh I I love this movie. Watched it actually last night with Natalie. Um highly recommend it. Yeah. Great, great movie. And something that goes with it is The Lives of Others, which is a German film, but oh, I, yeah. I won't mention that. Or I won't recommend that, but it's... <laughs> you won't recommend it. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not recommending that. It is not one of my official recs, but right. I, you should watch The Lives of Others yeah, also. Yeah. They go hand in hand. All right, my second uh, thriller is The Fugitive, yes. which is just an all-time classic. You can find it on Hulu right now, 1993 film. Um, you know, obviously Harrison Ford as Dr. Richard Kimball. Tommy Lee Jones plays Sam Gerard, won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor that year. Um, one of the most rewatchable movies. I think it was one of the original uh, rewatchable podcasts, actually. Yes, uh, yes. They, I think it's where they coined the Joey Pants Award for <laughs> Joey Pantoliano. Nice. Um, this is a personal childhood favorite of mine. I feel like I watched it multiple times with my dad and brother and uh, just really amazing thriller and sort of action thriller, I would say, and great performances and yeah it's a really fun watch yeah fugitive just rocks um so my two thrillers i'm gonna go hyper current with this first one and that is the invisible man which nice wanted to recommend one that that actually came out this year and now i believe it's available to rent on demand for 20 bucks yeah they're doing this new model that's kind of you know with corona upending distribution Mm -hmm. you can now it came out in theaters in mid-february and now you can you can watch it on demand yeah i just thought this movie um had just perfect casting with elizabeth moss in the in the lead i can't think of anyone better in that role it's just fast-paced very well made there's a great opening 10 minute sequence Mm -hmm. and then i think a really strong uh closing 10 minutes uh, which kind of bookends the film. It's definitely a movie, you know, updated for kind of like the Me Too era that we're in. I, I read that Gone Girl was a movie that the director, um, oh yeah, Leigh Chanel, was obsessed with while making. That comes through in a lot of ways. Also in like the score, this kind of like warping synth mm. synthesizer that that as I was watching, I was like, man, that sounds like something from Gone Girl and apparently that was a big influence. So yeah. The Invisible Man, um, really, really uh solid thriller that I recommend. I did see it in the theater before uh, you know, the yeah, coronavirus so, yeah, hit. Yeah. And I will say I, I really enjoyed the first hour. I thought I thought it kind of unraveled in the last thirty minutes, but it's definitely a movie worth watching. Mm. Um and yeah, it has a lot of good qualities. Uh I just yeah. the last thirty minutes to me were a little uh little bit of a mess. Fair point, fair point. So my my next thriller is a Alfred Hitchcock classic, Rear Window. So yes. this film, genius premise, uh, wheelbound photographer played by Jimmy Stewart, 
uh, spies on his neighbors from his apartment window and becomes convinced that one of them has committed murder. Mm -hmm. The entire movie is shot from Stewart's perspective, um, you know, in his, his apartment. Um, it doesn't leave the room, you know, which also ties in nicely with our lives right now of not really leaving yeah. our own rooms. Yes. And, you know, I wouldn't say this is my number one personal favorite Hitchcock. That would go to either Psycho or Vertigo, but mm. it's the one I'd recommend to people most right now, especially. And it's, I think, kind of the best like entry point into Hitchcock. If you haven't really seen any of his films before, I think this is a great place to start. Mm. So uh, Rear Window... Invisible Man. Those are my thrillers. Let's let's round yeah. this off, Rob. I think with- uh, Rear Window and uh, the conversation and the lives of others as a trilogy of like a spy <laughs> thriller trilogy. Yeah, 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 that that is a piece right there. Wow. Okay. Um, let's 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 round this off with uh, one of our favorite genres of film. Uh, yes. The good old documentary. What yes. are your What are your two your uh, 200 recs for this <laughs> right i can recommend a bunch i will say uh hoop dreams i'm holding up the criterion oh, blu-ray the, like a product review of the it's criterion the criterion blu-ray of hoop dreams yeah. uh restored and remastered so this is a 1994 documentary it is you know widely acclaimed as one of the great works of non-fiction filmmaking in american history um, you know, that's, that's what it says on the back of the box. And, and I, you know, I agree with it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's about two inner city Chicago kids growing up in the nineties, you know, the heyday of the Chicago bulls, Michael Jordan era. Um, and they're two high school, 14 year old, uh, high school basketball players. And that's when the movie starts to follow them when they're 14. Um, and it's actually filmed over the course of five years and follows their track as high school basketball players looking to get into colleges and, you know, step up to the next level. Um, and it's, it's quite long, right? I think it's like three. It's three almost hours. three it's like hours. Epic, yeah, it's like two fifty. Yeah, it's a long documentary, but you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, one, three, three to one aspect ratio, which might turn some people off, but I, I don't think you should look We've at it that way. We've gotten to the point of the pod where Rob's dropping aspect ratios. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, just don't be turned off by that. It's on HBO go by the way, and HBO now. Yeah, um, yeah. so check it out there. It's a really amazing documentary that I think anybody that's, uh, starving for a sports story, um, I highly recommend this, this documentary hoop dreams. Um, so my second documentary choice is the Werner Herzog Netflix original, which I did talk about in 2017 on this podcast, but I thought it was worth re-mentioning. Mm. It's called into the inferno. And this is a documentary about, uh, volcanoes and their place in cultures around yeah. the world, in, both sort of spiritually and, you know, obviously like geographically and physically, like where, you know, certain towns yeah, are yeah. placed and have been destroyed over the course of humanity and, and things. Um, I just thought it seemed appropriate for this current thing we're living through. And just to like touch into um, a little bit of like geological destruction instead of uh viral yeah, yeah. destruction. <laughs> right want to balance out my destruction uh, consumption so you know right but it's it, i mean it's just also features like some incredibly beautiful like aerial photography of active volcanoes and gets into the history of how these things are you know what volcanoes mean to cultures around the world and 
Um, it's a really fascinating documentary. I love Werner Herzog, one of my favorite documentarians. Check out anything Werner Herzog I would recommend. Cave of yes. Forgotten Dreams, Grizzly Man, Lo and Behold, whatever you can get your hands on, wherever you can find it, check a Werner doc and yeah, enjoy. Hell yeah. So my two picks for documentary, I'm going to go with The Fog of War, um, nice. which is the story of America as seen through the eyes of Robert McNamara, who was the former Secretary of Defense under, Defense under JFK uh, and President Johnson. This doc is like a front row seat to history. It's directed mm. by Errol Morris, who who is widely considered one of the best, along with you know Herzog, who we were just talking about, best documentary filmmakers of all time. He has a signature style of interviewing subjects with the camera like straight on, so it gives it this very confessional style. Uh, McNamara is the only person interviewed in it, and they splice in you know clips from history and like he's a very complex man. Like he's definitely made some mistakes that have had, you know, consequences that, you know, vast majority of people, you know, will never even come close to facing. But like mm -hmm. the way just the doc portrays him, you know, you can't help but find empathy in him. And it's a guy who literally had like the weight of the world on his shoulders at times. And he's had to make so many tough decisions. And you kind of just learn what his thought process was back then and how he reflects on it now and his legacy. I was just like, blown away by it when i first saw it it's just mm. an incredible history lesson and you'll be like riveted by it while also like learning i think a ton about u.s like foreign policy as well yeah. so fog of war it's a great recommendation awesome. and then lastly i'm going to recommend the 2002 documentary comedian which mm. looks at jerry seinfeld and a lesser known uh newcomer as they try to basically like rework material for you know their new stand-up sets. Yeah. It's very much like a fly-on-the-wall documentary. I'm not like the biggest, you know, stand-up comedy guy, but this is a fascinating mm -hmm. documentary that really looks at like the minutia and all like the grind and details and uncertainty that goes into being a stand-up comedian. I love how they parallel, you know, the biggest comedian in the world and Seinfeld and this guy who has some moderate success, but is, you know, lesser known and kind of like living paycheck to paycheck. Um, you know, even Seinfeld is incredibly insecure at times in this documentary yeah. <laughs> and this doc shows you like everything that goes into the process. Right. If you're a fan of Seinfeld at all, like guarantee you'll find this interesting. Mm -hmm. Also, it is only 82 minutes. It's yeah. a third of the length of hoop dreams. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's, it's, it's uh really, really great. And I feel like it's become very underrated. I feel like yeah. not many people know it, but comedian 2002 doc, check it out. It's great. It dives into the process of just trying material on the road and, and you know, testing it w with a live audience, which is yeah, some, some people don't understand that that element of comedy is that you have to, like, work on it in person. And, you know, not every right. show you see is going to be, like, the final stand-up that you see on HBO. You know, it's going to be – you got to work on it in person. So it's it really dives into that and taught me a lot about how comedy actually works when I was younger. Um, great recommendation. I wanted to mention a hundred percent fresh, the Adam Sandler, uh, standup comedy special on Netflix. Um, just a little bonus recommendation. Love that. It always makes me laugh out loud. Uh, I, I will like occasionally pop in just for like one of his songs from that standup special. <laughs> they just, they just make me laugh so much. I love Adam Sandler and he had a great year last year with uncut gems. Um, yeah. So Sports wise, I wanted, I just, I mentioned this earlier, just, I got this uh, Blu-ray special for Christmas 
the Nationals World Series run. I think it's every one of their playoff games in, you know, full length, high definition. And I was like, oh, this is great, you know, but like, when am I going to watch this? It it all kind of like moves forward and I'll be on to the next season. I'm going to watch it. I'm about right to now. watch. Yeah, like I'm about to watch some uh, Nationals winning the World Series on Blu-ray. Um, yeah, fill the it, whole it sports in my life nicely with all sports being canceled. I've, yeah. I've, I'm sure you know. I've heard that it's rumored that the um, ESPN is gonna push up the Michael Doc or Michael mm. Doc, Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah, I heard that too. Ten parter. Yeah, that I think that's gonna be dropping in April. Like, really excited for that. But yeah, sports. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's been one of the uh, you know. Yeah, many many things that have, have been completely upended the last few weeks. Right. But let's let's wrap things up there. That's going to do it for this episode. Must go faster. You know, mm. thanks so much as always for everyone for listening. We hope yes, this pod served of some kind of distraction and you dug some of the recommendations for you to check out. You know, mm-hmm. we're not sure what or when you know our next episode would be. Will be as mentioned at the top. We're working on this new series that we hope to release. You know, be released in June. But we'll mm-hmm. see where. COVID takes us, you know, in the meantime, everyone stay safe, stay healthy, stay clean. Yeah. Peace out. Everyone be well out there. Thanks for listening and all the best. Talk to you soon.